0: Eagles Entertainment. Anything that move! I don't care who it is. Just do Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's body time. It's body time. Let's go. Touchdown!
1: You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Fran Duffy. That's right of the day, and the Eagles are 5-0 as the Eagle Line in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 415. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell to share our thoughts on the lone undefeated team still in the NFL, your Philadelphia Eagles. They now sit at 5-0 after Sunday afternoon's win over the Arizona Cardinals out in the desert. We've got plenty to hit on from this victory. We'll also dive in to Sunday night's big matchup, week six, Sunday night football, Eagles, Cowboys, you know the deal. We're going to get into this matchup on both sides. But before we get there, a couple things we want to make sure we hit on. Number one, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you've got a question, leave it there in the comment box. We'll answer it here in an upcoming episode. Also, before we get started with Greg, for those of you that uh, went back and watched my All-22 breakdown segment with Eagles safety Marcus Epps, Well, I've got another one for you. My tape breakdown segment with Eagles linebacker Kaiser White just went up on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, all the Eagles digital channels, on Monday afternoon. Kaiser and I go through some tape of the first couple weeks of the season, break down some plays that he's made, just his thought process on every single rep playing the linebacker position. It's a really fun conversation, so go check it out. I did save a little bit of a bite for you guys here that I felt like was audio-friendly. Here's a little bit of my piece now with Kaiser White. What I love about this play, too, was after you knocked the ball up in the air and just your your effort afterwards, just take us through what's going through your mind once you see James catch the ball. Oh, yeah, man.
2: You know, i seen him catch the ball. You know, I'm a selfless guy, so I want to get up and help my, uh, you know, teammate get to the end zone. So I wanted to uh, lay a block. I know uh, the first man, the closest man to him uh, usually is going to make the play. So, you know, I tried to make sure that doesn't happen.
1: James giving you some
2: love after the sideline. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He told me dinner on him, so (laughs) I got to hold it to him. I was going to say, did you take him up on it yet? Nah, not yet, but we will for sure.
1: Under center, DeAndre Swift, the single setback. Back goes Goff. He swings it out to Swift, and Swift is tackled for a one-yard loss. Kaiser White swung over and played it perfectly, and there's a loss on the play of a yard.
2: Yeah, I didn't even think he was going to throw this pass, uh, to be honest. But, you know... Uh, They want to get their best player over there, Swift. He's a great running back, a real shifty guy in space. So, you know, I just try to close the distance and, uh, you know, sprint to him and make a great play on the ball.
1: Is there one of those things, too, where you're like, look, first play of the season, like, don't try me. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's just, you know, got my juices going a little bit, man. You know, first play of the game, uh, me versus him, you know, mano y mano. You know, I like me every time.
1: You're a player that had experience playing safety. You were like a, an overhang player in, in, yeah. in college, right? Mm-hmm. What was that like, making that adjustment from playing out here in space, essentially in the slot, to then more of a stacked role? Yeah,
2: so I went to college as a corner. Then, you know, I started getting a little bigger uh, when I was at my junior college up at the Rose Grand P.A., then they move me to safety. You know, it's different playing in a box. You know, you got to use your hands real quick. You got 300-pound linemen sure. coming at you. So, you know, you got to re- be real uh, quick and smart and elusive with what you're doing and, you know, make uh, fast decisions on the fly. So, you know, it's definitely an adjustment, but I love playing linebacker for sure.
1: Yeah, so being out in space like this, trying to make a tackle on an island, that's not for yeah, f- f- you.
2: Yeah, I feel comfortable doing that.
1: Uh, Now getting into the first play of this game, we talked about your length in coverage. Yeah. Length here, I guess, shows up in the run game as well. Uh, First play of the game, you're down on the line of scrimmage. Is that a role that uh, you had done a lot over the course of your
2: career? Uh, My first two years at the Chargers, I actually played a position similar to that. Uh, Gus Bradley's defense is, is called the auto position. Yep. So it was like, you know, base downs, I'm playing just like that, uh, you know, setting the edge and, uh, you know, trimming the fat when they block down. So, you know, it's not foreign to me at all. Was
1: that something that was talked about uh, as you were talking about coming here and joining us? Not not as much, man,
2: but I I feel like, you know, they just putting us all in great positions that would go out there and impact and, uh, you know, make plays. Uh, you see
1: it so fast. Mm-hmm. Did you? Are you thinking about that pre-snap? Like, hey, if it is going to be play action, yeah, this is uh, like what's it's coming? three by
2: one. Uh, once again, Coach Rallis, man, and uh, JG, JK, you know, they got us real doctored up, uh, you know, the week um, before. And, you know, film in the film room, just letting us know what this, uh, what we're going to see out there. You know, I just try to get in the passing lane and uh, do my job. Yeah,
1: the corner background showing up here as oh, well. Yeah, you're for you're sure, turning for and running sure. with ease. My favorite part of this, though, at the very end, TJ sees it. Yeah, TJ for sure. TJ he looks like it used yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. that was one of my favorite parts. Sure.
2: What's it been like playing next to TJ? Oh, it's great, man. Like I, I say it all the time. TJ is a very underrated player. I remember when uh, you know, we played the Eagles last year. I didn't know who he was, to be honest. And he caught my eye. He caught a lot of my Chargers teammates' eye, especially the linebackers. We were talking about him like 57 could really play. And, you know, just playing side by side with him. He's real smart. You know, he's an undrafted guy. So I love what he's doing out there, man. I'm just rooting for him, and I think the sky's the limit for sure
1: all right so great stuff there from kaiser white again you can go check out the entire breakdown piece really really good stuff from kaiser great insight into playing linebacker in the nfl that said let's get into uh this week's discussion it's time now to catch up with greg cosell in chalk talk let's get down to business it's time for chalk talk All right, well, pleased to be joined here for Chalk Talk by my friend Greg Cosell. And Greg, uh, the Eagles are now 5-0. Uh, yes, last, they are. Last week, we, we missed our discussion. Uh, unfortunately, most of our discussion yes. on the Eagles moving to 4-0. Um, sorry again to all of our listeners that uh, where we did not have that show last week. But uh, Greg, interesting to kind of get your thoughts. Obviously, a little bit of a weird game uh, for the Eagles and those are going to happen uh, as you go through a 17-game schedule. Not every one of them is going to look like a three-touchdown blowout. No. Uh, you are going to have to find ways to win games like this, and that's what the Eagles did when they went out to the desert this past Sunday. Uh, no,
0: not everyone's a Picasso. Uh, some are like when I try to draw, so, yep. uh, but they got a W, and that's, it doesn't matter how you get them. In the course of a season, you hope that those kinds of games end up with a W as opposed to an L. And that's, for good teams, very often that is the case. Sure. And uh, they were able to survive in a game that I watched both sides of the ball pretty carefully on tape, as you did. And I'm still kind of struggling with exactly how I fe- feel about what I looked at. Yeah. So we'll have to work through that a little bit.
1: Well, we well, can talk through it. We've got some time now to, yeah. uh, to be able to, to share our feelings, share our thoughts a little bit. I think, you know, the big thing offensively, look it was just not their it was not their sharpest performance uh in run game and pass game they both uh, in both phases right. you saw some good flashes but i think with the pass game uh not jalen's best performance but also, he made some good throws, and he had some really good scrambles that were uh, <coughs> right. good decisions with the football. Um, but also, some of the plays under pressure weren't ideal. Uh, managing those muddy pockets, you know, they could, could have been a little bit better in some situations. But I think overall, just enough to be able to win the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess what struck me, and and obviously the tape tells you this, is the approach they took on offense, Fran, because it was clear with with such an emphasis on the screen game. Obviously, multiple screens, Goddard, the re- wide receivers. I almost finished watching the tape thinking that they played that game because they were somewhat concerned about the pressure that they were going to get and they didn't want that to be a big factor in the game Yeah, and who knows I, You know, we're not sitting in the meetings during the week as they game plan and have their conversations but it started on the first series with the Goddard screens and then it continued throughout the game with more wide receiver screens um, I didn't count the number but maybe you did I would guess there were 15 or 16 screen
1: calls in that game Uh, I will take a look at that uh, in terms of the the total count number according to Pro Football Focus. Um, One thing that uh, struck me is that I felt that way walking away from watching the game live uh, on Sunday. And then as I got through the film, especially the first half, a little bit more verticality than I I kind of remembered. Right, Right. The first play of the game, they went 13 personnel, play action, shot play. Uh, You saw a couple other vertical route concepts. They ran four verts probably two or three, four right. times uh, in the game. Um, but certainly, especially in the second half, that's where we saw the, the volume of those wide receiver screens really yes. spike.
0: Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is we had talked uh, last week, unfortunately, I guess yeah. a lot of people didn't hear it um, or nobody heard it except you and except I, and you, yeah. yeah, right. Um, that this was a team that had a high blitz percentage and they were pretty multiple with their pressure concepts and they could be challenging because there's a lot of disguise involved and, you know, maybe they felt a road game that they didn't want the game to potentially get away from them. And, you know, I think they played the game, particularly when they were able to get a 14 nothing lead, Fran. I think they probably felt that – not that we have to shut it down because they didn't shut it down, but I, I think they felt – that given the way that Jalen Hurts was running as well, and he had some really critical runs in this game, which can be a factor in any game, some more than others, depending on the nature of the game. But my sense was they probably felt that why start to take chances? And, And again, they were also playing, even though Landon Dickerson did come back, they were playing with Driscoll at left tackle and... Uh, Opeta at left guard and maybe they just felt that mentally they might not recognize and be able to execute against certain pressure looks as if it was Dickerson and
1: and Maialata. Uh, the Eagles ran 12 screens, according to Pro Football Focus this week. That was the uh, largest number in the NFL. The, the second was Green Bay with nine. Arizona actually ran nine as well. Right, but, but I'm uh, saying
0: it was very evident watching the tape that, yep. they, that the screen game was clearly a major part of their game plan.
1: Yeah, and, and there's a couple elements. So I think, to your point, the, the with the offensive line, uh, with the lack of continuity there in this game, guys either being banged up going in or being banged up throughout. Cam Jurgens in for a handful right. of snaps uh, late in the first half. Um I think when you look at the way that Arizona wants to approach it, we, again, talked last week about uh, their high-volume blitzing right. defense, and I know there have been pieces written about Vance Joseph since he's been there in Arizona where he viewed that as kind of an equalizer for them. They didn't always have that talent on the back end, and so a, a way to kind of level the playing field for them was, hey, we're going to to blitz, and we're going to send everybody at any given point. Uh, you have to be ready for that, and so um, when you have a game where – Look, you go in. Maybe you're the more talented team, but it's a it's a road game uh, against a quarterback that can that can, that make, can some plays. make plays. By yep. the way, and right. when you have that defense, that that can create some volatility. Yeah. And so, uh, I guess the Eagles, the the thought process there is, all right. Well, let's kind of remove some of that volatility, let's take some of the control back, and let's really work right. on our, pass, no, on our no horizontal question. pass game. And, you know, it's interesting because on the first
0: series, they threw three balls to Brown on the left side of the formation where he was at number one to yep. the boundary. And it was all against Marco Wilson, who was playing off coverage. And I was thinking as I was watching the tape, um, because truth be told, I watch the red zone on Sunday, so I don't see every play as it's happening. Sure. And then I see these, so I saw those plays, which obviously I didn't see on Sunday. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, They found something. Marco Wilson is, you know, he's an NFL corner, but you wouldn't say that you have to stay away from Marco Wilson or even Murphy or or even Hamilton. And he played as the nickel in this game. So I was thinking, okay, they found something. I I, I was expecting them to do more of that. But again, it's no knock on the coaches. They know more than I do. But, uh, you know, I just saw that because they ran, um, I think they ran an out, they ran kind of a, a sit route, yep. you know, a stop route, and then they
1: ran the speed out. Yep. And they got down and they scored on the first possession. That's it, yeah. They, they moved the football down the field and were able to score on that opening possession. Um, one thing I did like, by the way, about the, the conclusion of that drive, uh, the use of tempo uh, to be able yes, to get into the end which zone. Which they, they did at times throughout the game,
0: yep. which, by the way, I always think is a good idea against teams that are pressure-based because more often than not, teams won't pressure when you tempo or if they do pressure you know what their default pressure is based on your film study yep. so you understand that hey if they're going to pressure in, in tempo we know it's going to be a specific pressure
1: uh, and again, again that goes back to the quality control coaches and right. just the, the coaching process uh, throughout the course of the week it's no different than what we talked about um with empty sets the way the eagles used empty sets early in the season when you have an, uh, an idea of how the defense is going to respond yep. to any given look formationally, or if you're t- you're going to mess with your tempo. Again, teams are going to have a default setting. And once you know what that default is, then you can try and attack that.
0: And I like tempo. I mean, I'm not saying you do it on every play, but I like tempo. I think at times throughout games, it's a very good thing to do because it sort of forces the defense to mentally have to reset. And I think there's nothing wrong with going tempo. First of all, you don't have to snap the ball right away. You can, but you don't have to
1: yeah no exactly yeah. and so that's something we saw uh, the Eagles utilize to their advantage it was a completion yeah. to AJ Brown on, uh, on, on third down it was third and seven I believe gets the six yard completion that creates fourth and one they go tempo they stayed in 11 personnel yeah the Cardinals were in nickel uh, they come out QB sneak on fourth and one they get it they go tempo again stay in 11 personnel so that you keep that nickel formation on the field or that nickel personnel package on the field and in that nickel, you had their two starting defensive ends, Zach Allen and J.J. Watt, kick inside as right. defensive tackles. Hey, well, now we're going to go QB sneak again on fourth on first and goal, and they were able right. to punch it in. So well, taking I, advantage of that, uh, it, that matchup. It, it,
0: it reminded me so much of what the Patriots have done through the year, certainly when they had Brady, where they'd get a first down and they'd go tempo immediately. Because yep. the defense gets, you know, if it's a first down, particularly if it's a good play that gets you a first down, the defense, not that they hang their head, but for a second, they're a little discombobulated because they just give, gave up a first down on third down, let's say, which they didn't want to give up, obviously. And then all of a sudden, you're right back at them.
1: And, and give Arizona credit, honestly, on the other side of the ball. Uh, we'll get to this. They went tempo they did good they did the same too. Thing. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. And they, they were able to, to tempo the Eagles a little bit yeah. uh, in this game. So just getting back uh, to the offensive performance, um, you know, we started talking about that first drive, going back to the, the final scoring drive just in the, in the fourth quarter. The run drive? The run drive. Eight, the first
0: eight plays were called runs.
1: First eight plays were called runs. It was a seventeen-play drive, which you don't see when no, a team when it's no. tie game or you're trying to go and right. win. You're you're behind or your tie. I,
0: I was surprised and impressed. It was that was really impressive. I tell you what what impressed me too is. Again, playing off last week, Sanders, I thought, ran hard inside. Yep. Because those are inside runs for the most part. Yep. And I also was impressed with Gainwell, that they used him and he ran hard inside.
1: Yeah, on on that drive in particular. Yes, because,
0: you know, he did that in Memphis. I'm I'm not saying he's a strong, powerful inside runner and that's his game in the NFL, but I thought that he was given the opportunity and it was only two or three runs on that drive. He didn't have that many, but they were tough inside runs.
1: Yeah, no, no question. And then you saw the uh, uh, the, the QB counter uh, on yep. that play as yep. well, or on that drive as well. So uh, really kind of, you know, mixing up what they were doing from a run game standpoint. 13 runs on 17 plays. They are able to hold the clock for like eight minutes, held the ball for eight minutes a clock. Yep. Just a, a really impressive drive to, again, take the lead in this game and hold it. You, uh, we see the four-minute drill to hold a lead. Hey, we're trying to milk clock away. Um, but the Eagles uh, securing this victory with the run game, with the offensive line in this one, with the way that uh, the inconsistencies on offense presented themselves. I thought that was a really impressive finish uh, to this game. One guy I did want to talk about, just uh, from a, an individual standpoint, what can you say about Dallas Goddard? I mean, uh, the way his usage right, <coughs> right now right. is just so impressive. Yeah. A guy that can impact all three levels of the game from a, a pass game standpoint. Obviously, the screens, the yards after catch, that's a huge theme. Um, but then you get him in the run game. You get him screen game as a blocker as well out there for uh, for his teammates. I mean, he is just such a well-rounded – there aren't a lot of guys. One, you count no. on one hand the amount of guys that no, can do no, it at I, that high level. I, I,
0: we've talked about Goddard. I think Goddard is a top five tight end in the league. Yeah. And we'll see what the numbers look like at the end of the year because the Eagles do have a lot of weapons. Yep. But you know, talking about Goddard, I thought that third and 12 completion on that final drive was great. Critical, and I actually thought Hertz did a really good that job was one on that of his best play throws. Yeah. because he looked left. He want he I think he wanted to get the ball to Smith on the curl route. Yep. And whether he felt pressure, whether he just didn't feel like the throw was available, because the last thing you want to do there is turn it over. And then Goddard had settled in uh, behind the the underneath coverage. I think it was guard deck. Yep. He'd settled in behind him into the void, and, and it was it was a big big play because it pretty much ensured that if they did not score a touchdown, that it would be a chip shot field. Goal.
1: and that's the thing is like we saw a little bit of everything with yeah. goddard in this game and that we saw uh, a variety of screens it's not just the same screen over and over no may no they're like that. very there
0: multiple their screen game
1: wide variety yeah. of screens uh we saw the 31 yarder on the vertical play <clears throat> down the seam where you know it was four verts from 13 personnel Eagles showing the flexibility to do that but his ability to settle into the soft spot and zone coverage yep. middle of the field third down uh was truly big time there from dallas goddard so um just a, a huge he's just huge a really weapon. good player no doubt yeah. I
0: mean, he's not going to get the volume or the production of Travis Kelsey because that's not the way the Eagles run their
1: offense. Yep, uh, but he's a really good player. Uh, and then from the from an offensive line standpoint, <clears throat> once again. I mean, Jason Kelsey, who, who was gutting through an injury, obviously, right, in this right. game. Uh, Lane Johnson, <coughs> outstanding once again. It, it, the, the offensive line, um, you know, especially with those two guys. Isaac Samuel had a really strong game as well. Um, la- last week, we talked a lot about Landon Dickerson. Uh, you and I talked about Landon Dickerson right, last week. Right, right, uh, right. Th- to me, like, th- that that line has just been so, so important it, for this team's success. It, it,
0: arguably the best in football. Yeah. Um, and they're just really, really good. And, you know, the key, and, and obviously, my lottery, uh, whether he's back this week, I guess we'll find out. Sure. But, you know, I think one of the key things with an offensive line uh, particularly in passing situations is you'd like to be able to send five out yep and i think the eagles feel pretty comfortable doing that
1: yeah uh, clearly uh, i think yeah. that is definitely something uh, they feel comfortable doing and then defensively again i thought early in the game we saw some really good things from this defense we saw uh, them get off the field on third down i'm pretty sure arizona was three for seven in the first half on third down and so uh, a lot of man coverage Kaiser White up on the line of scrimmage uh, in mugged looks. Yep, and I thought yep. they did a lot with that. Um, and not just doing the same thing all the time. Not lined up in the same right. gap all the time. And I thought the uh, the variety we saw there. I think a lot of fans were upset by uh, either the pass rush, oh, the, the rush isn't getting home, or soft coverage on the outside. I didn't feel like the Eagles well, did anything different from that standpoint. You know, it's though. funny.
0: I, I watched a number of these plays really closely. And, I you know, I look at, at the stats from, from various sites just like you do. Yeah. I wasn't certain that a lot of these coverages that probably were categorized as man were true man. You know, I think they ended up being man. Yeah. I don't know if that was the call. I I, I could be wrong.
1: Right. I could be be, be wrong. tough. Because
0: sometimes it's like RPOs. Sometimes you don't know if it's an RPO or just a play-action pass. Sure. You know, sometimes I thought that they were, you know, because we know that Jonathan Gannon – is is a Vic Fangio guy. And I think there's a lot of match coverage that that is part of that, not I think, I know. And... There were times I thought that maybe the call Fran was not man, but maybe a zone with those match principles yep. that ended up looking like man <clears throat> as it progressed through the down.
1: Sure, I think it's a-, a fair point. And
0: again, like I said, I don't know that for a fact because I don't know the calls. You're right, but I- that that struck me because I didn't I didn't come away from that tape, and maybe I'm wrong, thinking boy they played a ton of man coverage. I didn't feel that way <clears throat> after I finished watching the defense.
1: No, I-, I don't think that they necessarily did. I I think that at the end of the day, uh, the big thing for me. Was you know just and this is again walking away from the game, uh, you know going through the post game show last night, seeing fan reaction on social media, uh, listening to to various other podcasts. And it felt it felt like a lot of discussion was all right. Either the defensive line didn't get home, or the off coverage. It was they were playing too soft, <coughs> right. too soft, too soft. But at the end of the day, after watching a bunch of those plays back, where all oh, the, the the rush was just about there. Right. It's like well it was either a predetermined throw, or it was like, hey, I'm going to throw back shoulder here in the red zone. Right. Or, uh, you know, this is going to be a wide receiver screen, or hey, this is going to be a running back out of the back. You're not, you're not uh, pressing a uh, James Conner or, you know, Benjamin right, on, a, on right. an angle route. You know, those they had well-designed plays, they were predetermined throws for Kyler Murray to be able to get the ball out. So, uh, coming into the game, Kyler Murray led the NFL in throws from under two and a half seconds, uh, and I feel like that they just carried through that game plan. And they gave up really
0: no big plays. No. They gave up just two pass plays over 20 yards. Yep. I think in the whole game, two plays over 20 yards. The
1: one was the, the, the catch touchdown. The touchdown.
0: Yep. And the other was the more play for 28 yards. Right.
1: Yep. And that was, so like, the, there was the more play for 28, the the third and 14, I think it was third and 14 or third and 17 more screen. Like, for the 17 yards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a killer. Like, yeah. that's the thing is, like, there were, and the, even the Brown touchdown, like, yeah, well, like you got to make those tackles. Well, that, that to be that's the difference. exactly what
0: a coach would say. They would say, you got to tackle it. That's it. Right. I mean, if, if you want to throw a ball, a two yard pass on third and 17, feel free to throw a two yard pass. Yeah. You know, but that's then you got to tackle
1: him. Well, and that's the thing. I think that on that the the Rondell Moore third down. Um, you know, the Eagles had it. I think there was an offensive penalty. It was a good job by. Oh, I want to say it was Fletcher Cox drawing a penalty. Uh, so that created first and twenty. Uh, there was an incompletion. It's now it's second and twenty. They ran they ran a run play on second and twenty, and that got them the third and seventeen. It's like defense. This is exactly what you're looking for. And then you give up that that, that yeah. killer to, to Rondell Moore. And you know th- those that it's those kind of plays where like all right like. That, and that and believe me, the way the, I'm the not saying the this was
0: a perfect defensive performance sure. by any means. And the coaching staff will not be saying that as we as they evaluate the tape and then talk to the team before they're on to um, to Dallas on yeah. Sunday night. But when all said and done, they gave up two touchdowns. I mean, it wasn't as if, oh, my God. You know, last year, we would talk about the Eagles, and we would, and being honest, we would try to say good things about the defense after they've given up 28-31, mm. after the quarterback yep. completed 80%, 80% of his of balls. balls. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. You know, I mean, the standard has been raised, which yes. is a really positive thing. Yep. Um, the players are better, and they still gave up just two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, uh, at the end of the day, you know, that's what you're, you're ultimately trying to keep points off the, off and, the scoreboard. Nope. And like I said, Hardly any big plays. Yes, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Um, was was there one player that you walked away and you're like, you know, eh, you know, this guy really stood out? Because there were a couple for me.
0: I thought Jordan Davis played well. No, I, think he's playing, I think he's playing really well in the role he's being asked to play. Yep. He only plays in the five-man front. Um, he basically is a nose or a nose shade. Um, he's really strong at at holding the point. Um, you know, and he's making a few more plays on the move now. Um, so I thought he played really, really well. He played 29 snaps, which is the most in the five games. Yep. Um, he has a defined role. They play a lot of that five-man front, that five-one front.
1: Yeah. They're either um, playing the the, the it, true bear front, where it's like a five-two, right, and they're right, in their base, right. or it's that five-one. Right. Yeah.
0: So, so basically, their nickel is—and the, that, there's obviously a reason, which I don't know. You know, maybe you do. I don't. I don't know why at times it's a 5-1 front and at times it's a 4-2 front. But they jump back and forth in their nickel between 5-1 and 4-2. So when they play 5-1— uh, you know Davis is in the game when they play four two. He's not.
1: Yep. Uh, but I, th- I thought he played well. Yeah, I, I think that what we're seeing is him start to stack performances together. Yep. I Look at the improvement from week one and week two to what he's done now in week four and week five. Uh, and it's just it's really impressive and it's a really good sign yep. for him moving forward. I, I think you're seeing more urgency <coughs> off of blocks uh, and not just from an effort standpoint, more so from a uh, from an explosiveness standpoint. You're seeing a little bit more juice. Through contact, uh, yeah, the, the technique is there, the effort is there. He's he's showing up.
0: The other player that stood out to me was Redick. Yes, I thought Redick was really really good. Um, I thought a little bit of a slow start, and then he kicked it into gear. And he's really good for a guy that's probably 240 pounds. Yep, he's really good with that one arm stab. And and there, that one arm sta- that one arm stab is not. By chance, you know this, you're looking to hit a certain spot on the offensive tackle. Normally, it's sort of inside. It's like between the chest and the shoulder because they can't really do anything with that when you hit them there. I I remember, believe it or not, having this conversation with Juan Castillo years ago about, you know, when you're a pass rusher, that's the spot you want to hit because they can't really. No one puts their hands in that spot. Right. You know, so it's kind of a vulnerable spot. And I think he's really good at that. And it allows him to have some speed to power, even though he's only 240 pounds.
1: And that's the thing, is that when you, I mean, we know that his game is based off his speed, his quickness, his first step. Uh, But you can't always win by running around people. That's the thing, is that now (laughs) when you have that ability to win uh, low side, that's that change-up. That's exactly what you're looking for, uh, for a guy that's taking that next step as a pass rusher. Clearly, he has surpassed that, you know, that 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 next step is beyond that point. But Um, that's what makes him such a dangerous rusher.
0: You know, and the other guy is one of my favorite I thought Marcus Epps continued to show the ability to play downhill effectively in the run game.
1: He had a couple of really nice plays in the run game. Tying
0: some things really well.
1: How about that third down pass breakup in the middle of the field? Yep. Oh, Big time I remember that
0: one. He and, and the thing is, is he's a good tackler. Yeah, you know, we, which he wasn't always. We really yeah. talk about that with players these days. But yep. he's a good tackler.
1: He he is really. That's the, the yeah. to me like the number one area where he has improved from like year one, year two here right. in Philly to where he is right now is his angles downhill and finishing as a tackler. Yep. Uh, that to me like. But the that's angles been the biggest I thought were really good in this game. Yeah, uh, I think that's yes. absolutely. Is there an somebody else you were him. thinking? No, the my two were the first two guys you just mentioned, okay. Jordan Davis and Hassan. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and
0: we saw the tape. This we saw the tape the same way.
1: The tape show the tape. Tape, yeah, the right? tape doesn't lie. Yeah, the the eye in the sky, sky. doesn't the, the lie. The eagle eye in the sky does not lie. Um, let's now to, uh, turn the page here, Greg. Uh, yeah, a big matchup uh, on Sunday night. Five it's a no big matchup, one, and, and
0: it's, it, it's a very intriguing game. Um, we normally start with the offense, but this might be a, a week where we start with the Cowboys'
1: defense. That's all right. Going up against the Eagles' offense. It's
0: a really good defense. So uh, the, um,
1: the big thing, like last year, you know, we know that the, the, they did a lot up front was a ton of man coverage they were going to be aggressive a lot of stunts a lot of blitzes this year a little bit different in terms of that combination but that front is still really good
0: well i made the point and i've watched them every week as i think you have as well yes. and i said they present a lot of tactics with their defensive front multiple alignments including loaded fronts amoeba looks and for people who don't know what that means that means that they have pretty much everybody with maybe one the exception of one person standing up not with their hand in the, in the ground Uh, pre-snap movements, slants, multiple stunt concepts. I said it's a challenge for an O-line to sort out both before and after the snap. And even though the Eagles arguably have the best O-line in football, it's still a challenge. Um, And this is a... And they can win one-on-ones. Yep. That's the other factor. And they move people around. So, you know, Parsons can line up anywhere. Lawrence lines up inside-outside. Fowler, who people might forget was the number three pick in a draft on merit a number of years ago, um, he's become a factor in their pass rush as well. Um, the guy that has really stood out to me for them this year is, is Armstrong mm. from uh, Kansas. Who they you were know. counting on. Yeah. yeah, who they were counting on. But, you know, these guys are long and athletic. They're, we're not talking about six-feet r- pass rushers.
1: These guys have length and they're athletic really long really athletic really versatile uh really quickly with michael parsons i was going into my study last week i was most excited just to kind of get a better handle on his usage because last year it was mostly it was probably like you know three quarters as a stack back and he two plays a lot of stack still he, t- he does still but the the percentages i feel like have flipped we're now uh so he's played 290 snaps uh basically over the course of this season so far 218 have been along the front, yeah. uh, along the defensive line. 68 have been in the box, and so uh, when you look at it, it, definitely much more of an edge rusher this year. Which is that's what he, that, that's what made him the defensive rookie of the year, year <laughs> I ago. I thought he
0: was the best edge rusher in the, in the league last year. Yeah. So that
1: explains. I, <laughs> yeah. I think they probably saw the same thing. Yeah. Huh? Um, to, he played 16 snaps in, in the box as an off-ball player uh, this past week against the Rams, but uh, again, the double that. Uh, and
0: it could be the opponent too, because against the Giants a couple of weeks ago, I think I charted and he played 27 or 28. Eight, something along those lines, yeah. give or take. I don't know if you have that number. Um,
1: was that week three? I believe so. Yeah, he played. That was the most that he played all season. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, it could depend on the opponent. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and so I, think I mean, we,
0: for all you know, this week he could play more. Stacked only because of of Jalen Hurts as a runner potentially, right. and he's got the speed to run him down.
1: And also, maybe they don't. I mean, I'm sure they feel comfortable with him his matchup every single week that you know on their side. But uh, you may not want to just run him against Lane Johnson on every play. and no, instead try to move him around. Right, and you find may you may try matchups. to do that
0: because the fact is is that. You know, with this defensive line, as good as the Eagles' O-line is, there's going to be times where Jalen's going to bring the ball down and try to run, and you need someone to chase him down.
1: Yeah, so it's, you know, Parsons, uh, you went through the personnel. They get into third down, and they bring a bunch of de- – look, honestly, I feel like we say the same thing about a lot of these defenses in the NFL. I think that's just where we're at from a defensive uh, standpoint uh, in the league is that they're very multiple. It's third down. You're going to get a lot of speed up front on the field. They're going to get a lot of bodies <coughs> yeah. in there, versatile like like body uh, players uh, that you know can win matchups. Matchups up front, and that's what you have to contend with.
0: And you know who I think's played well for them this year? A guy that over the years has been very, very up and down. But I think for the most part that the corner Brown has played well for them this year. Better
1: this year than in Newcastle. Yeah,
0: because he's been an up and down guy. And sure. he's, you know, he's been with the Cowboys basically his whole career. And, you know, there have been times where we would sit here and think, God, this guys you can go after him. He's not really that good. This year, I think he's played well. And, you know, what really struck me, too, is they're not really matching up digs.
1: No, no. No. They did a little bit in this game against the Rams. It felt like they traveled with him against Cup a little bit mm, more.
0: I didn't get that sense, but you could be right. I thought he played on the right side and Brown played on the left side. And obviously you're going to get a matchup against Cup, but I thought he, for the
1: most part, played on the right side. So he actually played. He played twelve snaps in the slot this week, and that's yeah, more than he's played all season yeah, but long.
0: Yeah, <coughs> I took note of those. You know yeah. why he played twelve snaps in the slot? So
1: they were an empty. They and were they, an empty, they, they and there was a, a back was outside a cut. All right, so they were just la- matching
0: up fronts. So formation. they were yes, yeah, so it was a formation thing. It wasn't where they moved him in the slot.
1: <clears throat> all right, so uh, you figure you got digs out wide uh, real quickly. The one thing before we kind of shut the door on the front, um, it's not like a high volume blitz operation. No, do no, a lot of no, no. From a blitz no. standpoint, one thing you have to prepare for. Stunt, 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 stunt. stunt. Oh, yeah, so they've run 125 stunts this year. Any guess on the number of stunts by the second-ranked team? They've run 125 through five games. 72. 82. I'm close. He's close. 40 more stunts, 43 yeah. oh, more stunts the, than the other than the, the second-place team. You that. It's wild what yeah. they do up front. So. And,
0: and they have guys that are long and can bend. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, you know... It, they're really good. I Two man mean, games, yeah. three man yeah. games.
1: Anthony Barr, part of that. It's, uh, yep. at times. Uh, he's yep. a guy that's their second linebacker. Like I mentioned, Anderush. Fowler. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you get all those guys involved. Sam Williams, the rookie second round pick. Oh, Dicky That's it. Oh, I just like saying that. No, the Devil Gallimore. Yeah. You, you, hit Odiggy <coughs> Zulu well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Quentin Bohanna starts for them at nose tackle. Yep. He yep. gives them a little bit of juice there. So um, no, it's they a, got it's a lot of depth front. on their de- defensive front. They play a lot of guys. Yeah, they play a lot of guys. It
0: gets hard to try to figure out because I do this with teams a lot. I try to figure out the difference. Situations, is, who's yeah, playing yeah, what, sure. and then there are some teams. You say, you know what, I'm done with that. Yeah, right. and, and the Cowboys have become one of those teams. I'm you know. done with that. There's just there's just too many permutations. Yes, you know? exactly right
1: <laughs> uh, on the back end. So last year, I mentioned that. I mean, they played more cover one than anybody. Uh, everybody knew Dan Quinn, Seattle cover three. They played more cover three than anybody this year they're playing more cover 2 than just about anybody yeah. second in second the league in cover 2 and and uh, the other big change game. they've
0: made and, and it was noticeable this week cuz Jadron Curse was back is they played no big nickel last year their base defense was essentially big nickel playing with three safeties yeah the, now again that they just played the rams with curse back and the rams are almost 100% 11 personnel right we don't know what they'll do this week when the eagles line up with two tight or three tight i mean the eagles played mean when I say meaningful, obviously not a ton, but meaningful snaps with 13 personnel. Sure. So we'll see what the Cowboys do in that situation.
1: They play very little base defense with three linebackers. Yep. And so my guess is you would see the the big, the nickel, big, nickel. Uh, the yeah. big nickel in there. Because um, Curse know. is a hi- is, he's really kind of a hybrid. That's what he was for them last year. Yeah. He was their big nickel. And he right? had a good
0: year, by the way, he last did. year. Yeah. I
1: mean, they bought him, they gave him money uh, to come it, back yeah. and be their starter. He was their uh, their starting safety in week one before he got hurt. Right. I was interested to see the usage coming back because I felt like Donovan Wilson, who stepped in, who, he's played he's, well. He's played pretty well. And, and, and,
0: they even played Curse at times as the post safety.
1: Yep. Well, and that's the thing is that I feel like, uh, you know, it was I was interested to see once Curse came back. What that usage would look like because uh, Israel Mukwamu, uh, a young DB, who's a South Carolina. South I Carolina. Yeah, I, I, big, I watched him coming out. Very unique defense. It was six four corner at South Carolina. Yeah. That a lot of people. Because he thought, played oh, with it
0: with JC Horn.
1: He did. Yeah. He played opposite Horn. Yeah. And every, you know, I was like, oh well, he's not athletic enough to play corner. He's probably gonna have to play safety. It's a good role for him. Yeah, he plays inside. He Yeah. Has that yeah. big nickel. Yeah. Now he's he's not gonna play now with now no, the curse is no, back. But, but I mean, yeah. Um, but that's why I was interested to see. Okay, like how much is Kurse gonna play? Is he gonna play over Wilson in their base? Um, you know, in their, in their, well, and, and base. they
0: sort of got other than when they were in dime, when they played all three safeties, yep. um, they kind of rotated hooker into that mix with Wilson and curse and, and
1: hooker played in the nickel as well sure. at times, whether it was with curse or with Wilson. Right. Uh, and so, you know, Jordan Lewis, who was hurt in week four, did not play in week four, but he, he was uh, there. He's their he's, nickel. He's back. He is yeah. he their nickel. Uh, Deron Bland actually. Played pretty well, the rookie from Fresno State, uh, for him. Week had a four. great I mean, had a interception the week great. before
0: against Washington.
1: And w- <laughs> if I remember right, uh, in that it was play, cover two, by the it way. He was cover two. He was the disguised Tampa two middle hook yep. player. Um, and so that's why I wanted to get into the—, the, the, the uh, not only I don't they know. I thought,
0: lo- I thought he might have been the underneath— uh, Was he? <laughs> yeah, he was the, he was the underneath uh, hook-to-curl defender.
1: All right. So the one thing I just wanted to hit on, too, was like, you know, we t- talked about how much cover two they play— all the different variations of it uh, and how they get to it. They disguise it very, very well.
0: A lot of disguise. Um, A lot of man looks that then get to cover two. Even they they blitz, even though it becomes a four-man rush, some call that a zone exchange, you know, pressure. Um... But we saw that this week with a Fire X cross dog blitz with, yep. with curse and, and Vander Esch and they dropped the two ends out. So they rushed four and they played cover two and Donovan Wilson was the middle hole defender, right? The, you don't, you never, you almost never know who's going to be the middle hole defender and where he's going to come from when they play cover two. Well,
1: that's the thing is when you have a lot of speed on the field with a big nickel yeah. package or with your regular nickel, yeah. you can exchange those bodies and, and you know move guys around. And at any point, I know I know we've seen Michael Parsons line up on the edge And drop as the Tampa middle hook player, right? We've seen that this year. So, so um, that's
0: a challenge for Jalen Hurts in this game because what he sees pre-snap will not necessarily be what he gets post-snap. And you that you you have to make that decision obviously very quickly. You don't have
1: a lot of time. Yep. Because of the nature of their pass rush. No. and that's going to be a big test. Uh, This is the defense that gets after you. Uh, They they're aggressive. They're versatile. They're it's their
0: biggest defensive test so far. Now hey, they could pass with flying colors. We could be sitting here next week and saying, wow, what an unbelievable performance because Hertz is, is, is an improving player yep. and the Eagles have weapons. So may, let's hope we are. But this is the biggest challenge as you do a preview of the game.
1: All right, well, let's go over to the other side uh, and talk through this Dallas offense that uh, you know, has been missing Dak Prescott for the majority of the season. He got hurt back in week one uh, against Tampa. Uh, to me, what we've seen here is like the, a tale as old as time in terms of, all right, well, backup quarterback goes in. Let's do as much as we can to push the easy button with him and all right. the all the different elements yep. that we've seen about with the and Moore offense over the years, empty formation variation, <clears throat> tempo screens, all literally all every trick in the bag. That's all coming out, and it's it's allowed Cooper Cooper Rush to be but an effective also, game manager.
0: The the corollary to that is let's not have him throw it a lot.
1: That's, big, that's <laughs> right, absolutely right. And that's what's made like the, the any kind of talk about this being like a quarterback controversy. There won't be a quarterback controversy. Silly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely silly.
0: But, you know, they, in a sense, they've played... They played a combination of new school and old school football. Yes. New school yeah. and what you've just talked about, yep. you know, with all the, the, those things. That, all the bells and whistles. All the yeah. bells and whistles, but old school in that they don't want him to throw a lot. They want the run game to be a factor, and let's play to our defense. Yeah. So it's kind of a new school, old school
1: deal. And by the way, like one of the other things that I love too is that their run game, in a way I think there, there are good things about this and some bad things. It just depends on your point of view. It's a very siloed run game, right, where you look at the roles for Zeke Elliott yep. and for Tony Pollard and say, all right, these are the kinds of runs you're going to get with Zeke Elliott. These are the kind of runs you get with Tony Pollard. You talk with some coaches and say, like, yeah, you like, you know, we kind of like it when a team is predictable uh, as, a, as a defense because, all right, we have an idea of when, when they line up this way. This is what we're getting. <coughs> right. And then there's the the other side of the coin where, offensively, uh, coaches like when they can be predictable because that's when you can catch teams off guard. And so uh, we will see a little bit of that, I, I think, with this offense as well where, hey, you think we're going to line up and this is what we're going to run with Zeke Elliott on the field. But that's where it turns into, uh, you know, a CD Lamb trick play. And there's, right. uh, there's all, all, again, kind of getting back to the and, bells and whistles.
0: And we've seen – a. a- Decent amount of the pony package where yes. they play Elliott and Pollard together. And a variety
1: and, of things out of that.
0: Right. And I was going to say, formationally, it's very diverse. Yeah, very much so. so. And Pollard, he's, at this point in Zeke's career, he's more of a sustainer. Yeah. You know, he gives you the six, seven, eight-yard runs. He's not really, he doesn't have that second-level juice the way he used to
1: have. I believe Tony Pollard has accounted for four of their five longest plays of the year.
0: Yeah, and Pollard's got juice. Yeah, I, we, We've seen him take it to the house. Last week he did against the Rams. Yep. We saw him earlier this season down the sideline take it to the house he's a good receiver yep. you have to be careful with him because he can line up anywhere um so it's it's they do have some weapons. I mean, this is not an offense. They, they, they dialed it down a bit for obvious reasons sure. because they were playing Cooper Rush, but it is an offense that has weapons.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup's now healthy, yep. uh, Dalton Schultz working his way back, you know, from a pass game standpoint, Noah Brown giving them good, good snaps as well. You know, I always like that kid, and he's sure. been in the league now five, six
0: years. He's never really, until this year, the first three, four games, gotten a true opportunity as a yeah. receiver,
1: and I think he's done well. Yeah, he was a, a redshirt sophomore when he declared for the draft out of Ohio State. Uh, small sample size, yep. didn't have a ton of catches, but height, weight, speed player. You know, he had all the physical tools and was tough as nails. He was a great blocker at Ohio State. That's he's he in his in bones the NFL out too. He's been an outstanding yeah. blocker and a, a really good special teamer, yeah. and he's just always and been there for fifth And that's why he's in receiver. year five or six, and he's still there. And, now, and, and now he's, he's probably not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. He's not like a plotter. He's a, no. still a height, weight, speed guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, You know, the Noah Brown making plays for them in the slot. Uh, yeah, the, do you remember him problems. coming out of high school? Was he a big time recruit? He was a big time recruit. Okay, he yeah. was he was a, a big time guy. I think he had an injury his first year at okay. Ohio State, um, and then you know it he was his he, he Ohio State. Right, right, right. They get the a few receivers there yeah, every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, you know, yeah. no different. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that on the Journey of the Draft podcast this week. But um, no, uh, so you, you factor in all those pass game weapons, uh, real quick, just with with CD Lamb, you still get the sense this guy's a, uh, just a, one of the. Better uh, receiving talents uh, in this league? I mean, I think he's a really good player. I, you know, um, you know,
0: it's been hard to get a feel. Obviously, I'm sure this was the year uh, that they anticipated. Everybody did. I'm sure fantasy people probably did that this would be the C.D. Lamb year. And losing Dak, I think, has sort of changed a little bit of what the emphasis with their offense. So I think it's hard to get a read. I think he's talented enough to be a high volume guy. He was really last year, or so. Right. But I mean, I think yeah, he can he can be that guy for them. Mm. Um, He's a guy I struggle with, not in a bad way, uh, you know, because people are so anxious to put a label on a guy. Well, is he at number one? Right. Is yeah. he the, You know, I, I always struggle with whether to do that. You know, but he—I think he's a number one for them and a very good receiver.
1: Yeah, uh, no question. I mean, the guy's got the ability to to beat you in a lot of different right. ways, inside, right. outside, yep. all with his hands at the catch point. Good you know, run after can, catch. Yes, no doubt. So yep. the, this is a guy that can uh, that can do a lot yep. in the structure of that offense. Uh, a vol- the volume. Uh, I don't think we've seen, it. believe
0: it or not, what year three for him. Yes,
1: yep. I don't think we've seen the best of CD Lamb yet. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, yeah. Yeah, especially with the quarterback uh, inconsistency yeah. they've had with with Dak's injuries. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, that's played a big part yeah. of that narrative with CD Lamb. So uh, as we sit here today, it's Monday night. No idea whether it's going to be Dak, Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush. Obviously, if it is Dak, uh, that that changes that the, changes, that changes the game a little bit. Um, I mean, last year when we when we talked about him before the second injury with him because uh, remember he was he missed most of uh the 2020 season came back for 2021 was healthy in the first half got dinged up with the calf was it that uh? yes, yeah, yes. It was the calf right <coughs> the calf on the winning touchdown in overtime I right. forget who
0: that was against but it was the CD lamp
1: yeah right yeah right yeah uh, so he got dinged up with the back end but what we talked about him with the first half was um, Mentally, he was just on a different level than yeah, what, what we've seen. I mean, he's, He is such a cerebral, a cerebral yeah. player, had complete control of that offense.
0: And I've spoken to coaches who've been on that staff and players, and they just talk about how he's totally in control, totally in command, and... Look, the bottom line is anybody who thinks that if he's healthy they should play Cooper Rush is not watching football.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a uh, I think that's that's his job uh, yeah, when, yeah, when he's yeah. back in. Now, it's just a matter of whether or not they're going to they're going to push him to get back in. Right. I mean, this is a big game. They might feel
0: that hey, this is not their season because they're 4 and 1, right? They're 4 and 1. I mean, look, uh, even if the Eagles win this game and it's six zero versus four two, it's not like the Cowboys are out of anything. No. There's a long, there's a lot of football to be played. So we'll see. We don't like you said. It's Monday night. We have no idea.
1: Yeah. Well, we will find out. I'm sure uh, we'll get a little bit more info uh, in the coming days. Well, Craig, excited to talk through this game. Yep. It'll be a fun one to break down next Monday night. Thanks for so much for next joining Sunday us here night. for Chalk oh, talk. Oh I yeah, mean, we'll talk Monday. We'll night. talk That's Monday right. night. Yeah, uh, yeah. For I was going to say, did I miss something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Sunday night is the game. Right, Monday right, night right. is the podcast. Uh, we'll talk. Did through, they start the uh, tailgating yet? for the Sunday night game? Uh, no, but I'm sure between, It'll probably that, and the, be tomorrow. between that and the Phillies, there'll be plenty of excitement oh. across the street uh, over the course of this week. Uh, well, Greg, uh, we'll talk through it next week here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Thanks, Ryan. All right, so great stuff there from Greg. Thanks to him, and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.